When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we're talking about the 2016 Wake Forest Steeman Deacons season. And I got to tell you, I think that Wake Forest is unquestionably, as compared to preseason expectations, had unquestionably the most interesting season of the entire ACC. Is that fair? That's right. They did. Uh, coming into the season, we both had Wake Forest at four and eight. Uh, they finish at six and six. That they beat a ranked Temple team that nobody thought they had any chance against in the Military Bowl. They finished seven and six. Uh, they also were plagued by the hashtag WakeyLeaks scandal, also known as hashtag Woke Forest. Uh, this was. About as bizarre and interesting and unique as a season as I think we could have ever expected, Mike. They started the season five and one. Um, so we previewed the season and we said what four and eight. I think the two of us and I thought that was pretty fair considering like historically Wake Forest is far from a lock at beating Tulane, beating Duke, beating Indiana, beating Delaware. Yeah, Delaware. I mean, FCS team. Far from a lock from being those types of teams. And they did. And then they beat Syracuse. They held Syracuse to nine points. Um, yeah, you know, five and one start to the year. And then, then they went ahead and only won one game the rest of the way prior to their bowl game. So uh, they scraped by. They got to six. Um, you know, they got to six prior to a stretch at the end of the year where two out of the last three were at Louisville and home against Clemson. And, you know, the Clemson game was really interesting because, um, you know, you're coming off of that game to Louisville was really weird. You know, you're, you hung around for a while and then Louisville blew the doors off you. The Clemson game, it was like, hey, Wake's getting blown out, but at least Wake is, like, trying to be competitive. And I, I was really it was really good to see that out of Wake Forest because they could have easily just rolled over in that game and said, okay, Louisville just torched us. Here comes Clemson. Then we got BC at the end of the year, which obviously was a tough loss. I think that had to do with a little bit of the hangover from the prior two games, just who you're going up against. And then it's hard to get up for BC when you go Louisville and Clemson back-to-back. But, yeah, weird season for Wake Forest. Good to see them get the six wins of bowl eligibility. Good to see them win their bowl game against Temple. Uh, another weird contest, but that was a really, really big win for them. And that was on the heels of the Wakey League scandal and, you know, the fact that, you know, Temple loses Matt Rule to Baylor and a lot of weird elements going on in that game. They were able to scrape by with a win, get to seven wins, the whole bowl eligibility, winning the bowl game. Just a really solid season for Wake Forest despite having all the weird stuff happen to them. Mike, this is going to sound a little ridiculous, but I think Wake Forest got Clemson at the wrong time. Um, 
Now, I'm, what I'm going to say is that I think Wake Forest could have beaten our national champions, Clemson, but I think that the Clemson team that Wake Forest could have beaten is the Clemson team that damn near lost to NC State early in the year. Um, by the time that Wake Forest played them in late November, Clemson had already suffered their loss to Pittsburgh and was basically rolling, and they were picking up steam on the, the roll that eventually led them to winning the national title. However, over the first about six games of the year, uh, Clemson was really struggling and you know just could not blow teams out, was just sort of meandering along. And to think that Wake Forest could have beaten that team is not totally off base, especially considering it was a home game for the Demon Deacons. Um, but put that aside, and here's another thought, is that we, we were really not that far from a nine-win Wake Forest team here, Mike, because they also had very close losses, a three-point loss at home to Boston College and a, an eight-point home loss to Army. Both teams that I think we both thought at the time, Wake Forest should be beating these teams. Nine-win Wake Forest. You good with that? Not really, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was close to happening. And look, I mean, you got to beat Army, you got to beat BC, right? Um, they were in that NC State game too, which uh, <laughs> ten win Wake Forest. I mean, it's a lot. To, I mean, a lot of things have to go right. I mean, to to completely flip the results of three games, but seriously, nine or ten wins not out of the question here, which is. I mean, it, it's crazy. It also speaks to the fact that uh, if you're if you're in the Atlantic and the schedule falls right, so you're obviously stuck playing Louisville, Clemson, Florida State. So if you're Wake Forest, that's tough. But you get lucky here or there with a Coastal Division opponent on your schedule. Your non-conference schedule stays relatively light. Nine wins is certainly not out of the question if you've done an adequate job recruiting, which I think Wake Forest has, and the, the coaching staff's done a great job as well. They really have. Um, ultimately, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot of just super shocking results on here, I think. Uh, it's not that Wake Forest jumped up and beat a team that they really had no business beating. I think their best win of the year before the bowl game was probably on the road at Indiana. Uh, a 33-28 win against a Big Ten team that, if I'm not mistaken, was bowl eligible and uh, not, not a half-bad team. You know, that was... That was the point that I knew that Wake Forest was not just a total pretender, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, Holding Syracuse to nine points, like you said, I mean, that was no small task. There were several other teams that you would say were probably better than Wake Forest that weren't able to do that. So that was a pretty impressive effort. And then just, I realized that Boston College was better by the end of the year. They kind of improved throughout the year and, and all this, but, man, Wake, you should have beaten Boston College at home. Yeah, you really should have. Um, gosh, this could have been a nine-win Wake Forest team, and that is that is absurd. And if you told me, you know, right before we went on to preview the season that that was going to happen, like I wouldn't have believed you. I would have gone rogue and said, whatever, four and eight. I mean, we were both comfortable with the four and eight record. Um, you stole the words right out of my mouth with the uh, Boston College analysis. There, I mean, you got to beat BC. Um, I don't know. Somebody might give them the game plans or something. It's almost as if they had a radio announcer that used to be on the team 
that was feeding them game plan. And yeah, that that happened. That was a whole thing. Um, it's about to say, I just can't <laughs> believe that that happened. Yeah. So something that we we talked a little bit about uh, in a, in a previous podcast, and I think that we got it wrong as to which coach we were talking about. I think we were talking about it in, re- in terms of Dave Doran at NC State. I think we messed this up in saying that he received a lengthy extension. Uh, we messed that up because that was actually Dave Clawson here at Wake Forest who received an eight-year extension that carries through the 2024 season on the heels of this this year, which is deserved. You know, he did a lot more with Wake Forest than many other people careful. have. But careful. Careful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You be careful with those long-term contracts, Wake Forest, because... Yeah. Uh, it could go could go downhill quickly. Not to say anything. Not to say that it will. Not to say that Dave Clawson's not a good coach. Because cl- again, he got seven wins out of Wake Forest. But careful. Not to say that Charlie Weiss just got done with his contract with Notre Dame. Gosh, what year is it? That's right. It's 2017. He took the job in 2007. Coach for what was it? Four seasons. Was it Maybe. even that? It was three, maybe. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, but, hey, look, Notre Dame paid for a couple of nice houses for him. And, uh, yeah. Charlie Weiss is the Bobby Bonilla of college football. Oh, my God, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah. Retired, retired from Major League Baseball in, like, 2003 and collected his last paycheck from the Mets, what, this past summer or something? Yeah. Greatest retirement of all time. Ridiculous. It's like, it's all right. I got another, you know, however much, two million coming at me. Or, oh, my God. Greatest annuity ever. <laughs> uh, okay. Wake Forest in 2017. Now, so we've mentioned before, Mike, that this is a, a young Wake Forest team that brings back a whole lot of people. Uh, so there's a lot to build on from this year going into 2017. Now, uh, things get a little complicated. So they start out the season with four games, home against Presbyterian at Boston College, home against Utah State at Appalachian State. Give me the hardest game of those four, Mike. Um, Presbyterian, Boston College, Utah State, Appalachian State. Yeah. um, It's probably still Boston College on the road. You're really going off brand here, but um, I was really hoping for an Appalachian State kind of answer. I know, I know you were. I know. <laughs> I was actually, I was actually almost went with uh, Utah State because I'm not exactly sure that'll be a real easy game either. Um, they do get them at home though, in what might very well be a, like a negative body clock kind of game for yeah. the Aggies. And Utah State is also, I believe they just finished a three and nine season too. Um, they're very hit or miss as a program. They are because there are some years where they're going bowling and they're competitive in a lot of football games, and this past year was not one of them. But uh, you know, with their up and down trajectory, this could be a better Utah State team in 2017. Um, I, yeah, Joey, I'm sorry. I, I still think it's BC. I think it could be App State, but I, I still think it's. Boston College on the road, second week of the season, going up against a good defense. No Patrick Tolls, no 
Uh, I forget the yeah, linebacker's name. Yeah. Scott Leffler's calling the plays. So. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Adazio is still the coach. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so those are your, so obviously those four games, three of them are out of conference. Your other out of conference game for Wake Forest is Saturday, November 4th on the road in none other than South Bend, Indiana against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Mike, is the Appalachian State game their hardest out of conference game here? Ah, uh, no. You can call me a jerk if you want to call me a jerk. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, it's Notre Dame <clears throat> November 4th, jackass. All right. Yes. But, Fair. But yes, the App State game will be difficult. BC is an early season in conference game. They'll be difficult. I think actually, objectively, the App State game is probably their third hardest out of conference game only because that's on the road as is the Boston college game. And the Boston college game is way farther from home. The app state game is kind of just right around the corner from Winston Salem. So they'll be able to have some sort of fan presence there. If you know, versus at Boston college, is a little bit farther of a trip. Um, yeah, so not, not a, not a super welcoming out of conference schedule here for the demon Deacons. Um, at the end of at the end of September, they also start a run that is home against Florida yeah, State. Oh, no, 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 no! Don't do this. To We're him. not doing this. Don't do this to him. Home against Florida State at Clemson at Georgia Tech. Home against Louisville at Notre Dame. That oh no, uh, that could reasonably be five straight losses for the Demon Deacons. Yes, um, reasonable. Not nothing unreasonable about it. That's zero and five. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, now they do have the opportunity to build some momentum going into bowl season if they get back again. Last three games at Syracuse, home against NC State, home against Duke. So there's some potential there as well. Um, but if you're if you're awake, you better. I mean, you better plan on getting it done early, because if you don't, uh, you're going to be playing catch up trying to make a bowl game later in the year. There's also a very good chance that. Wake Forest situation here could mirror Boston College's situation at the end of last season when they played Wake Forest in the very last game of the year where BC needed the win to become bowl eligible. I think there's a situation here brewing potentially here with a schedule where Wake Forest will need a win against Duke at the end of the year to go bowling unless they're one of those five and seven teams selected. Um, If they do that based on the academic progress rate or whatever the hell it's called wake forest would definitely be in the running for that obviously being a really good academic school but i digress yeah also worth mentioning as we've talked about before is that uh wake forest defensive coordinator mike elko has left and he's headed actually to south bend to coach for the fighting irish so they'll be uh meeting again here in november of 2017 that seems questionable is that questionable it does seem questionable and i don't I think it's kind of questionable for both sides. Like, you think that Notre Dame probably could have gotten a better defensive coordinator than the guy from Wake Forest? Not not that not that Mike Elko ran a bad defense. Like, honestly, that was what kept Wake Forest in a lot of games, so that was good. But also from the angle of Mike Elko, like, Notre Dame very well might be a sinking ship at this point. Like, is that really a coaching staff you want to go join? I, I, I don't know. It's just a super weird move, I think, from both ends, if that's fair to say. And that's a really tough spot for Mike Elko too, especially if you know Notre Dame gets off to a 
like two and three start, for example, next season. Um, they'll fire Brian Kelly, but Mike Elko might as well start looking for a job as well. Uh, I think it's probably unlikely if there's a situation that arises that, you know, Brian Kelly's let go. Mike Elko, I don't think, is the guy who would be the interim coach there. Um, just because he's so new to the coaching staff, I have a feeling it would be somebody who's been there for a while that has a better feel for the players, not a guy who kind of just joined the program from Wake, but um, it's kind of impossible to quantify at this point. But it just wouldn't be a great situation to be in if you're Mike Elko and you're not a serious contender for the next coaching job at Notre Dame because you're likely not going to be staying there uh, past next season if Brian Kelly's let go in a, in a midseason move. But, Mike, at that point, you're also talking about making a position coach the interim head coach because they're also replacing their offensive coordinator. Right. So, yeah, that could get rocky. Yeah. I mean, who – because – I mean, who is it then, you know? Uh, you let Brian Kelly go, and your guess is as good as mine as to who they're going to replace in the interim if a midseason move is made. Now, obviously, Notre Dame isn't thinking this way. They're thinking, okay, we're going to get this thing back on the tracks, but – if you know stuff goes already there in September and mid-October, you, you're sitting there with four or five losses. Brian Kelly's not going to be the head coach anymore. Now, since this is a Wake Forest podcast, <laughs> worth mentioning that uh, Jay Sovel has been named as his replacement coming from uh, Minnesota, where he was the defensive coordinator. And they ran a pretty good defense up there, so it seems like a pretty good hire. Uh, Minnesota, obviously a place that they're not just running amok with talent left and right on the defense, so... Right. Needless, you know, needless to say, the the scheme is working as well up there. So, uh, time will tell what what Jay Sobel is able to do with the Steeman Deacons defense. And he doesn't have a history of giving game plans to the opponents, right? That does sound like a plus. Okay, so that box is checked. So, <laughs> um, it should be in should be in okay shape there, uh, unless he gets passed over for a coaching job. Then you know, better keep an eye on him. I mean, I guess you got to start questioning fit at that point. Of <laughs> he doesn't right. he doesn't give up game plans. So does he really fit the culture? No. Anyways, <laughs> that's not cool. That's not cool. We can't joke about that. Um, that's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, don't fair. Put, don't put that on. Don't put that on a football program. <laughs> oh, Wake Forest. Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. Good season, Wake Forest. Bravo! You proved us wrong. You got the Steam of Deacons moniker. You're, you won a bowl game. You uh, unraveled a mole. You <laughs> ended up broadcasting your games. I don't know. Just another another day at the office, right? All sorts of positives in Winston-Salem this year. Oh, boy. Anyways, whatever. Uh, yeah, should be a, an interesting offseason as Wake Forest tries to keep up the momentum into 2017. All right, Mike, let's get out of here. Uh, this has been plenty of time on the Wake Forest. Interesting, scandal-ridden season that was 2016. Uh, we'll be back talking about some more of these in the coming weeks. Uh, but in the meantime, if you guys want to reach us, uh, I'm on Twitter at FTRS Joey. He's on Twitter at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can also send us an email with your thoughts, your feedback. You know, correct us or you know, tell us you love us, tell us you hate us. Uh, we still continue to look for haters in this podcast. So uh, if you're out there, please let us know. Send us an email to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Woo! Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. Uh, we're 
looking into maybe some other potential platforms. You never know. Keep you know, stay tuned. We'll keep you updated. Uh, but until the next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver, the OECC. Thanks.